Welcome to the Sports Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Joseph, and today's episode is a special one. I have an interview set up with a friend of mine, Sean Clinch, who is a sports journalist for over 20 years in both Oklahoma and Texas. He now is a host on the podcast Stories from Inside the Man Cave, talking everything Texas sports and after the big victory for the Longhorns and the upcoming move to the SEC, I thought it was a good time to talk to Sean and get his thoughts on what happened. Here's that interview. Welcome back to the Sports Bites Podcast, and I have another special guest today, and it's a guy I've known for a long time, and it's funny because he lived in an area to where it was uh, not popular to be a fan of this particular team, but uh, (laughs) Sean Clinch joins us. He's been a sports journalist for over 20 years through stations in eastern Texas, central Texas, and Oklahoma. That's where I met him, covering everything from high school, college athletics, the NBA, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and now one of the hosts of the podcast, we'll make sure I get it right, Stories Inside the Man Cave, but right. Sean Clinch joins us now uh, on the Sports Bite Podcast, and, and Sean, man, it's good to catch up with you. Man, it's been too long, man, I, like I, I'll tell your audience, uh, it, it's one, it, we have a relationship where, you know, whenever we uh, get together, it's gonna, we're just going to pick back, back up where <laughs> yes, we sir. are. There's no doubt, no doubt. Well, I, I, I got you on because I live here in Birmingham, and uh-huh. obviously last week that was a very, very big game for the University of Texas. Texas comes into Bryant-Denny Stadium, and you know if you really want to break it down, should have two consecutive wins against Alabama because they, they should have won that game in, in Austin last year. But come to Bryant-Denny Stadium, take the crowd out of it, and win the game. One first, how big of a win is that for Texas? What? Since what game? You can look at it two ways. You can look at it. It was the best win at UT since the 05 win at Ohio State. Because okay. that's what really, I mean, that's a Vince Young, that team that had, what, over two, over a dozen former or future NFL players where they truly believe and they knew who they were and it was early in the season. I like to say the 98 win at Nebraska, which ended the 47-game home win streak for the old Big Red. Right. That got Max Mac Brown rolling after that. How important is it for this team, for the Sarkeesian-led Longhorns? There's two answers to that. One that you and I talked off before, talked about before we started recording. Um, one, for the fans, they're hungry. It's been nothing but disappointment at UT for 12 years, 12, 13. It's been mediocrity. You saw a hit in 2018 when they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, but it's still a four-loss team. Were they good? I thought they were pretty good. Um, But if you want to look at the growth of the program, I think if they reach nine or ten wins, that's a great year. Because, But there's been a lot of pressure. Final year of the Big 12. And entering the SEC next year, everyone is keep saying it's you have to win the Big Twelve. You have to win it. Um, if you, if history's any indication, they're going to lose a game, maybe two that they shouldn't. But this is a a team, and going to be very honest for the eye test. Texas looked like the better team for the first time in a long time against a big time opponent, blue blood like Alabama. So I, I did some checking, and one thing that was impressive was the amount of pressure. And Now, last year, the Texas defense got a lot of pressure on Bryce Young. Bryce was able to do some fantastic things, a little sidestep on that corner blitz at the end of the yeah. game. 
Uh, it should have been a safety in the end zone, if you ask me as a former official. Still, even <laughs> as an Oklahoma fan, it was a safety. But to get that many pressures on Jalen Milrow, and, and as I was doing some research, I found – I was trying to think who – who are they going to put back there to kind of simulate that? And I didn't think they would run Malik, but I found out that they put Zavion Red back there yeah. to kind of emulate what Jalen Milrow was doing. So Savion Red, listen, all I know about him is from his recruitment. Um, he's a guy that's extremely athletic. Listen, first off, Jalen, extremely athletic. He's been a – he's far from a project. He's a quarterback. He, rem- he has a lot, a little bit of Vince Young in him. Um, in high school, he was lights out phenomenal in the Katy, outside of Houston, the Katy area. Um, Savion is elusive. One of these days you're going to see him. He moved to running back in the offseason because of the lack of depth they had because of injuries, and they were waiting on some freshmen uh, to uh, enroll. Um, so I think that had a part in it. Cutting back those uh, in those lanes in which uh, Milrow could, can really exploit against opponents because his feet are dangerous. I saw a lot of Alabama fans just, hey, we got to improve Jalen's arm, but he has a strong arm. Like, all he needs is more game experience. That's my opinion. That's how Texas stopped and they put pressure, like you mentioned. I, I, and, I joke with people here. I was like, with Jalen Milrow, the defense is going to be good with Dallas Turner, Cooley McKinstry. Yeah. I was like, Go to running the veer option, shorten the game, just control it, you know, do do that. And they're like, you know, but the thing that struck me about Alabama is how do you go from having a quarterback room that had the likes of Tua, Mac Jones, yeah. Jalen, to where you bring in Taylor Buckner, who lost to Marshall at Notre Dame, you know, a wide receiver room that Oof. had five first round draft picks to where who's your go-to guy. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's weird how that all kind of fell at Texas, but Quinn Ewers, you know, Mr. Everything quarterback coming out of high school in Texas, Ohio state comes back down to Texas up and down last year. People talk about the long ball. The thing that I noticed, and, and you know, I love to watch a lot of the film stuff week before he struggles on the long ball does really well with the long ball this year, but looking at his footwork, he seems to like, like jump throw a lot of his long balls. That's a great point. That's a great point. So that's funny you bring that up because in our last episode on Stories Inside the Man Cave, uh, Stevie Lee, who played uh, defensive tackle for Mac Brown in the early 2000s during OU's long win streak, <laughs> uh, he, he's happy, but he's also said, still not happy with the deep ball. And I said, what? What's wrong with you? And he said, not happy, man. It's, it's, he said he makes he lunges. Exactly. But A.J. Milwee, who you guys know, I believe he was there at Alabama as well. He's working with him. But you could tell for Quinn, this is his first full season since high school. Right. To play. And I listen, I'm not one to judge. You and I, it's hard for people like you and I because – this game has evolved so quickly in a short period of time that kids are now leaving high school early, graduating early. I'm against it, man. I, but it's not – I'm not going to judge a kid because Texas has two kids on that roster who left before – they skipped their senior season. Okay? Right. 
it, it's it's becoming a thing. I don't think it's going to become too common. But you're maturing as a young man, your body, your physique, everything. And then you so you you're going to play in college when you should be you missed your senior year. Right, you should be in prom. You should be going to prom. <laughs> now, I don't have a problem graduating early. Right. But missing seasons of reps, I get it. That That's probably going to be an unpopular opinion, but that's the story for Quinn. He's seeing it. He's not lacking uh, confidence. What I noticed, and you probably did as well, and everyone who's watching and listening, he's poised. He doesn't get flustered. He doesn't get too excited. He's. I finally saw motion from him after right. they won. Right. Right. And, and what was that's a great quality. Not many people go into Bryant Denny and push Alabama around. And, and it was. I've on, never it, seen. It was on both sides of the ball that that they did that. Quinn played great, you know. But and of course, everybody you've watched enough football, you cover enough football. Everybody loves the backups. Yeah. How how dangerous how dangerous for Quinn would it be? Say if something was to happen and Malik Murphy had to come in of him getting Wally pipped. Man, uh, I love Murphy. I want to see him play. But I know this is Quinn's team. Quinn's earned it. But the thing with Murphy, he's a, he looks he, he looks like a tree, a sequoia tree. He's built like a Greek god, strong arm. But you, you, you know where I'm coming from when I say this. Just because you have a strong arm doesn't mean you can hit all your intermediates in, in, with live bullets firing at you. Tennessee's finding uh, that out right now with Joe Milton. Oh, my God. Isn't that wild? It's, uh, but, again, I, th- I don't want – if I'm – as a Texas fan, I would not want him transferring. But why would he stay unless he really wants a degree at Texas? Is it the NIL money that's keeping him? Didn't he just sign a deal with Lamborghini or Austin? I'm trying to remember if, if he was one of that group. I can't remember. Um, you know, Bijan had a deal. He actually, you know, had a great deal with them. It's I'm not I'm not mad. Bijan's fantastic. I you know, I, I tip yeah. my hat to greatness and Bijan is one of the best. He reminded me. He comes from the same class as DeMarco Murray, in my opinion. Same type sure. of guy. Sure. Um, but I, I love to see Malik. But everybody's pushing for they want to see the Manning. Well, and that brings up – so you cover a lot of high school football in Oklahoma. I know you've seen a lot of high school football in Texas. And this is not meant to attack Arch. Right. I've watched a lot of film. If his name was Arch Jones, would anybody care? I don't think so. I, I it's it's it, the, the kid is talented, but even his family knows he needs to sit out this year. Period. Okay. Um, good genetics says indicates that he will become a good quarterback, and but no, he shouldn't play. But but I'm I'm trying to have a conversation earlier today, and I can't remember. You can play in four games. And not lose your red shirt. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Sarks addressed that. But when do you play him? Would you play him against Wyoming if they go up by 28 or more? That's the that's the question. You, 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 if you can do that, you need to take advantage of it. Sure. Because, But I still, what, what you, you can't put him in front of Malik. No, because then Malik's like, why'd you do that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
It, it could be but, like at Oklahoma where you got the student section chanting for Caleb Williams when Spencer Rattler's out there on the field. <laughs> uh, what a bizarre – I won't go there because, listen, <laughs> I like Lincoln as a person. Oh. I thought that was dirty. I will say that. I just thought that set I, I, that program back. I could do a whole other thing on the stuff coming out today. It's like, quit talking about Oklahoma. Just go go do your thing. Go not play your defense and paint your quarterback nails and all that stuff. But back to UT football, <laughs> the offensive line, you know, without Bijan gone, how confident are you in being able to stand alone with the offensive line providing that run game? This is the O-line that Texas has collectively. They've had pieces. This is the best O-line. I think it's better than the O-9 line that played in the national championship. I think these are – I think this is the best O-line since perhaps 08 or 06 or 05. They are dirty. They're throwback. They're talented. And they work together because you can have talent, but if you're not communicating on that old line, you're not working together. These guys are dogs, nasty, and rather large humans. Um, they, I couldn't believe they they got to push a lot on that Alabama D line, which I thought was a strength. A, a lot, a lot of people did. There was a lot of. Time I'm not saying Quinn they had, aren't, but there's a lot of times Quinn had clean pocket. He had four seconds there. several times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is your from what do you think? A good pocket protection is three to four seconds. Oh, and today, especially against the likes of guys like that. Now, Dallas Turner's not a Will Anderson Jr., but no. against the guy, but Dallas Turner is really good. And when you SCC defenses, that's what everything is predicated on, is SCC defenses. If you've got, especially in the home in Titletown, and you've got four seconds. You're you're winning the ball game. I mean, you're you're controlling it, and then it starts to demoralize. You know, Nick starts getting demonstrative on the sideline, and you know, of course, around here is everyone's like, "Is it done? Is the dynasty over?" And I told people here, you know, I've got a lot of friends that are Alabama fans, and I'm like, "You're still in the SEC, so you can win the SEC West. You can be in the SEC championship game, and if you're in the SEC championship game, you're right back in the playoff talk. It, automatic." Plain and simple. My Chris, here's my here's my here's what I saw about Alabama. They're finally rebuilding. <laughs> right. Okay. But you know what's crazy about rebuilding at Alabama under Saban? They're gonna be in it in November. Right. Right. This team will develop. I'm sure practice was not has not been fun this week. Oh no. Film film sessions have not been fun. I bet they've been comical. Um, pointing out certain things, but I guarantee you that O line will be better because of this. I guarantee you, Jalen Milrow is going to check down more. Oh yeah, and he's going to read more on his intermediate routes. Now, I tell you, the guy I really like, and I I, I expect great things from him is number twenty two, Justice Haynes, the freshman. Yeah, he reminds me of a very kind of I mean, same number like a young Mark Ingram, very bowling ballish. You know the way he's built. Uh, he scored three touchdowns for him in the in the eight A game. So I mean, I, uh -huh. I I expect to see more from him as he moves on. But uh, yeah, you you got that victory, but you don't want to have a letdown against a team that's pretty confident in themselves in Wyoming. You know, an opening day, which yeah. as Oklahoma and Texas fans, to see Texas Tech take one on the chin after all the stuff that came from Yormick and all that, you know, it, it's <laughs> it's not a good look, but. 
What are your thoughts on this Wyoming matchup after such a big victory? Well, you guys know, and your and your and your following knows better than I do. It's not what you do for one week; it's what you do for at least ten or eleven weeks of a twelve-game regular season. Your human nature: you're going to have an off game or two. Period. You guys see it, man. You're in the SEC. It's all up here and physically. Can you do that collectively? So my point being is Wyoming's a state of less than a million people. They don't have much D D1 talent at all, but they recruit nationwide. My point there is I, I, I like to go take long past the stories here. <laughs> they are blue. It's a blue collar state. And that's how those players are. They, they are part of the fabric. Their head coach, Craig Bowl. I know a lot of people are saying, how do I know that name? Well, you know him because he led North Dakota State to back-to-back-to-back FCS National Championships. Okay? Joe Tiller was there, too. Who? Tiller? Tiller was there, too. Oh, Joe Tiller was a a bad man. Before he went to Purdue. And he won a lot. Yes, sir. The assistant on the defensive staff, I know OU fans and maybe some SEC, Ole Miss will remember him. Oscar Giles. Yeah. Played D tackle for Texas in the late 80s, early 90s, um, and coached at Texas under Mac Brown. He's on that staff because Tom Herman didn't take him with him um, after Texas. Um, but I expect them to get a test. That 28 point spread. It's up to 30 now. Is it to 30? It's 30 now. I don't think Texas covers. It's a big number. It's a big number, you know, and, and it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, I was talking to a friend of mine that's a Texas fan because I wanted to get his thoughts on it. He goes, you know, I'd like to see kind of an ugly game and see him have to fight. I would it, too. You know, and, and I think, you know, like I said, you got a team that believes they, they've beaten a Big 12 team. So a lot of people talked about Texas Tech, you know, coming in. Uh, before we time's running out on these Zoom calls, I've got to get the recording. I have to ask, we, we all know it's coming next year. Texas and Oklahoma coming to SEC land. How do you think? I mean, are, are Texas fans excited about it? And oh. other than football, what sport do you think it benefits most coming to the SEC? First of all, ecstatic! I can't wait. It's going to be uh, so much fun. We can't wait for these road trips. Um, I will say personally, being very biased, I can't wait for baseball because every not no offense to Kansas State, no offense to. Um, I well, Iowa State didn't play baseball, but Oklahoma State, great b- baseball program. But all these other ones, the TCU's great. But you're going to have sold out home stands every weekend. Every weekend, great facilities, great facilities, and and knowledgeable fans that love. I love college baseball. Right. Passionate. You got to get to Hoover for the SEC tournament because uh, I had Toby rolling on. And I told him, when you get down to the Hoover Met and you see the sea of RVs that is out there for the entire week of it, like, and I say, people laugh when I say it just means more. It just means more. And, the, and the SEC baseball tournament, it, it's a spectacle. And it's not even NCAA play. It's just a conference tournament. Right. That's, it means more. It, it does mean more. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, I, I can't. I can't wait to see all the games around here. Now, I, I always ask everybody a food-related question. The show is Sports Bites. Now, 
you and I spent a lot of time the second weekend of October around the old Venerable Cotton Bowl. We know down there what was your favorite fair food when we were covering OU Texas games. 1A, 1B. You had to get a Fletcher's corn dog. Had to. Had you to. had to. Just waiting on those damn tickets. <laughs> Pay for them. But I'm going to tell you one thing that is severely underrated in this world. Fried bacon-wrapped Twinkie. Okay. Now, I don't go around eating those on, on part of my regular diet. It's one time a year. Sure. Because uh, I need what you would, we would need insulin. Yes. Blood sugar skyrocket. It's a 1A, 1B. I encourage everyone in the SEC go see Texas OU once. I've, I've tried to tell people that, you know, and, and it's different because there's some, there's some bigger games at time for how the, you know, the crowd or the, the game is, Ohio State. But like to be in that stadium, to see the split. To see when a game goes awry and that other side is completely empty. To see the winning team walking around that state fair all day with the Fletcher Corny Dogs and the Wax Cup beers. And, wax you know, Cup beers. And, and just having a good time. I mean, I, one of my last times down there, Big Tech spontaneously combusted. You know, he caught on fire. Oh, he did. He caught on fire. So, I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it is the backdrop, the setting. I, I think other than that, as far as atmosphere, I tell people the only thing close for me would probably be Army Navy with the march into the stadium. Yes, that's on my bucket list too, uh, Philadelphia. But seriously, I, I if do it one year, everybody get a small group of people go to Dallas, Texas. Do not stay near the Cotton Bowl. No, don't want to stay there. You know, Airbnb it or stay with friends or. Go to a hotel in downtown. But before we wrap up, man, why don't you tell everybody listening what exactly Stories Inside the Man Cave is all about and uh, where they can catch it. Brother, I appreciate that, man. And I really appreciate you having me on. It's been fun, a reunion. But uh, Stories Inside the Man Cave podcast, it's uh, there's several episodes. There's the, the general episodes, and we, there's other ones that are legs underneath the stories inside the man cave umbrella. We're on ever our episodes are on a Facebook platform and YouTube, and then we're on all social media platforms. You know where all the cool kids are: Instagram, TikTok, Twitter slash X. And am I leaving off one Instagram that I mentioned? That go follow us, like us, uh, interact with us. You never know. I may use your comment. I'll ask you beforehand. Right. Uh, and you never know. You may be a part of the show. And I, we need to get you on there, too. I did have one one question. A friend of mine, uh, he, a big Texan, he wanted to say, he wanted to ask, do you know anything about what's going on with uh, former running back Cody Johnson? That's, wow, that is a name I've not heard in a long time. All I know is he was a great guy. What has he heard? No, he's just saying, he, you know, he's just wanting to know if there's anything, uh, what he's up to, and if there's, you know, any contact, you know, that Longhorn Nation loved the guy. He's a great physical guy. I tell you what, you tell your friend, I'm going to find out, and then I'm going to pass it along through you. Um, tough guy, tough guy that he had to suffer through Mac Brown's first losing season, but he was just one of those guys that was just hard nosed, just a good teammate so to speak. 
Good old, yeah, old, no. old Mac Brown. He uh, he's getting it done. Two hundred win done. seasons. You know, two hundred win. Isn't uh, that crazy? Crazy guy, man. North Carolina he's still getting it done. But Clinch, man, I appreciate it, brother. You know, I can't wait to see you come out here to the SEC country. I can't either, man. Um, We're gonna do it. I've, I've told everybody, Dusty. I've told Teddy. You know, Gay Biker, all those guys when they come out for the OU Radio crew, look me up, man. Dinner's on me when y'all come out here, and we will get you taken care of. Hey, I can't wait to see those guys if I can come when that when they all arrive because that that is tell you what, man. Even though I was not, I was only in Oklahoma for six years. It's that is like family. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All those people. Well, we'll get you on again, brother. I appreciate it, Sean. Yeah, much Thank love, you, brother. brother. Thank you for tuning in to another delicious episode of Sports Bites, where we dished out the perfect blend of sports and food for your ears. I hope you savored the flavor of our discussions and found them as satisfying as your team winning on the field. If you're hungry for more, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Stay connected with us on social media for the latest updates, mouth-watering recipes, and sports insights that hit the spot. Until next time, remember to keep your appetite for sports and food alive, and may your game day snacks always be on point. Good day, everyone, and remember to always positively move forward.